Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. What up, guys? Welcome back. We've got a OG in the house. Uh, it was funny OG. recently. <laughs> yeah, recently I was I was doing a podcast with a with a guy named Austin Summers. I don't know if you heard about him, Eric, but um, no, uh-uh. he's like a younger dating coach, really good. And he was he called me not old school, but like mid school in terms of like you know dating coaching and pickup or whatever you want to call it. Okay. I was like, yeah, I guess I guess that makes sense because. I've been doing this now for what, since 2007, 2008. But um, by the way, Eric Disco on welcome to the show. And um, thanks, man. <laughs> we've been, we met back when we were both students and coaches at Pickup 101, which was shit. I, I did that in 2006, 2007. I think that's when we met, correct? Yeah, around there. Yeah. Yep. And, um, so that's, I guess you could qualify that as, as mid school or even old school. Yeah. 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 I would so. say old school would be like mystery and David D'Angelo. And- exactly. Yeah. I don't want to feel like I'm that old, but right. <laughs> um, you run approachanxiety.com and you've been coaching guys since, you know, mid 2000s, like, like me, 2006, 2007. So yep. a long time, like 15 years we've been doing this shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you're just like, you know, the, the wealth of information, knowledge bombs, every time, you know, we chat about stuff, anytime I see your content, it's always a plus plus. So I'm, cool. I'm shocked. We, uh, I haven't had you on the podcast, you know, yet. So I'm really yeah. glad that we're finally doing it. No. And I remember working with you back in the day, uh, there was a pretty big crew at pickup 101, a crew of instructors. We had like, I don't know, like 10 12 instructors at least at some point. And uh, I think you were my favorite instructor there. I, I didn't actually get to work with you a lot because you were on the other side of the country, but uh, I, I really appreciated your style that you had this kind of fun, playful style and the fact that you really went out there and, and did this stuff. Uh, it was amazing how many of these coaches we were working with actually didn't go out and talk to that many women. I was like, you know, I, I, I like really worked to kind of get into this group, you know, cause they, they were pretty good coaches, but they didn't really go out and do this stuff as much themselves, as much as you think they did uh, or would. Right. It was shocking how few of them did. And that's always why I respected you so much. Cause you like, you really did your shit. I remember the first thing we coached in an LA workshop, but it's the first time. Um, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. It was shocking. Yeah. Just like you said, how few of these guys actually got out there. Yeah. So, yeah. So how did you, you know, give, give us the backstory. Um, you know, how'd you find your way into coaching and what evolved since obviously we worked together? Yeah. So the, the backstory on me was that I'd always kind of been peripherally interested in, uh, like dating, self-help stuff all the way back for actually even before David D'Angelo uh, and kind of just learning these techniques and, and how they could help me. But none of them really had much of an effect on me uh, in terms of helping me that much. Uh, I, I, I think like a lot of people, I got excited when I, I read the game and I was like, oh yeah, I can go out and do this stuff. This is amazing. And my experience again, which I think was like a lot of guys was you get super excited about this and you're like, this is amazing. Like everything makes sense the the way they're discussing it, how it works with women. And, you know, you've seen other guys do it and you're like, this is, this is the way to do it. And then you go out and try and do it yourself and you, you just become paralyzed, like completely inhibited and nothing comes out of your mouth. And even if you do try it, you're like this stuttering wreck. You're like, uh, so uh, hi, you know, and, and nothing comes off as it, as it, as you planned it in your mind, as, as good as it sounded in your mind. And uh, eventually I learned this thing was called approach anxiety, right? 
uh, and uh, I made it my mission to get past this because at the time, no one was really talking about this. There was no real game plan on how to get past this. People would give a few sentences of advice, like, you know, approach a thousand girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it, none of it was very helpful um, in either it. understanding <laughs> yeah, where it was coming from or how to get past it. And so I, I made it my, I, I, that's why I registered approachanxiety.com and I made it my mission to, to try and get past this, to figure out how to do this. And um, I would go to these weekend workshops. Like I did a, did a workshop with, it was actually a pickup one-on-one workshop where you go out with these guys and they push you into doing all these approaches. And when they're there, it's like, you can do it. And then the next Monday I got back home and it was almost like I I was back to square one. Like I felt like I couldn't do anything that they taught me in the workshop. Mm -hmm. And so, so my first thing that I tried was, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm just going to do a single approach every single day. I'm going to forget about all techniques. I'm just going to walk up to a girl in the park and say, Hey, I just saw you here. And I wanted to come say, hi, my name's Eric. Right. And, and the, the idea with not using any technique was that I'm not going to focus on how to do it. I'm just going to do it. And if I fail, who cares? You know, and that was huge for me um, in that I was able to do that for uh, like two months or something straight approach every single day um, made me way more confident. But it didn't really help me. It, it didn't really change uh those feelings, like that feeling of inhibition, like every time I saw a girl like that, that tension you get that where you get locked up and you're like, oh, and you feel all those feelings and you get all those negative thoughts. Um, and, and I actually had actually started coaching because I was approaching women. I was interacting with women and I was getting better, but I wanted to figure out how to do it in a way where it was just a lot easier, a lot more seamless where I could just do it anytime I wanted. If I see a girl, I could, I could do it. And so as I was coaching, uh, I I found guys that were even more locked up than I was guys that couldn't even ask a girl for directions, right. Or, Or even a guy for directions. They were so locked up and I was like, well, so, you know, what, what can this guy do? You know, maybe he can stand next to a girl. Maybe he can, you know, and, and I would do work through kind of very like basic steps that um, not only um, w- would help you get past this, but something that you could practice consistently, right? Mm-hmm. So I moved away from the weekend workshop model because I felt like it didn't really help guys that much. In fact, it could hurt guys in some ways. In that, I, uh, you know, you know th- for me, I remember... I was terrified to approach. And that's kind of the reason why I took my first pickup one-on-one workshop and same experience as you. I went to the workshop, did a bunch of approaches, went back home, couldn't do it. Came back, did another workshop, did a bunch of approaches, came back home, still couldn't do it. (laughs) Went to the third workshop. And then finally, after that one, I could do it a little bit, but those feelings would just come back. And by this time I was, you know, almost 10,000 bucks in the hole from workshops. Obviously I got something out of them too, but the the main thing that I was trying to get was just the ability to approach all the time. And those weekend workshops did not help for that. The only thing that helped was actually becoming a coach, forcing myself to do it because I had students (laughs) and coaching every weekend. But without that, fuck, I mean, I don't know. So, yeah. And, uh, I felt like, and, and that, and that was my experience with most guys that took the workshops was that they would do that. And then you'd never hear from them again, even mm-hmm. though we were like, Hey, let us know how it's going. We're here for you after the workshop. And they would just stop. Um, and, and my sense is that it was even kind of harmful to a certain extent, o- almost as if like you were trying to learn to ski and your instructor took you up to the top of like a double black diamond and was like, okay, we're going to ski down this, you know, and your instructor is there. And so you do okay, but now you're at the top of another black diamond alone and your body is just going like, no, don't, don't do yeah. this. And so I shifted to this model of more like, 
you know, what can these guys practice every single day, just a little bit on their own in much smaller, much more manageable increments uh, to um, get them more comfortable with approaching. Um, so like, and, and this is, these steps can be even broken down further, but like the first step was just going out every day, right? Going to all these different locations, finding where these women are, getting comfortable in these locations. The second step was to consistently practice positioning yourself next to a woman without saying anything to her. And for guys listening, this is something huge that you can do. Put yourself in her vicinity immediately when you see her, when you're attracted to her, right? You walk over to her, right? Without thinking and, and position yourself. And when you do this over and over, when you're attracted to women, uh, you stop losing this thing where, you know, instead of like standing back and thinking like, oh, there she is. She's so cute. What should I say to her? What should I do? You know, that's what kills you right there. Is that like thinking that yeah, waiting right in your head? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and, you know, if you go back, you know, we were, we were earlier talking about mystery. If you, he had this thing, like the three second rule, like don't wait any longer than three seconds, which is great. But I call this the zero second rule because you're not even saying anything to her. Like instantly when you see her, you're going to walk over to her, you know, and if she's like looking at like some food on a shelf, you know, you're not going to face her, you know, like in a supermarket, you're not going to face her. You're going to also think of some excuse to walk over and stand right next to her face the same direction she's standing, pick up something off the shelf and look at it. So it's pretty natural. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't think anything of somebody walking up next to them and, and looking at something on a shelf in a grocery store, right? That right. happens all the time. So you're basically using these excuses to, to do this and you practice this over and over again. And then once you start to get comfortable with that, you move on to saying one thing to this woman, very simple and walking away. You might say, hey, Have you tried this? Right. And walking away Mm -hmm. and you can practice each of these steps over and over and over again until you're ready for the next level. And it's funny because I, you know, gave this to my clients to do, you know, and I was like, well, let me try it myself. And it helped so much. It was like, instead of seeing each woman and being like, right, there she is time to do this. It was like, okay, there she is. Walk over. Maybe I'll take it to step three, maybe step four you know, and I'll play yeah. by ear, you know, and it's, so it's not enough. so much. It's great. Exactly. Because it, you know, you're you, you, a lot of this stuff. It's like exposure therapy. Right. And if, if, like you said, if you start on the double black diamond, you might be able to do it with a coach, but it's overexposure, right. You're just going to like shock exactly. your system. So I love these small steps you can take that, you know, you can do anyone could walk over and just stand next to someone. Right. But it's, it's so crazy how, guys will freeze when they're confronted with the idea of like doing a full approach for the first time. So yep. I love how you've kind of chunked it down into these manageable steps. And, um, cause with, with anything, you get past the first step, you know, you're past it when it stops, when it starts being boring and easy, you're like, yeah, I can, right. I can stand exactly. next to now. Like I do that again. I don't say something. I'm just, this is a waste of my time. So I should say something. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it should be clear too, though, that, um, I found, especially guys who are kind of newer to this stuff, um, like you have them do, they, they call they call them warm ups, right? Like, okay, on your way to the bar, if you're going to talk to girls at the bar, you know, ask three women for directions. Um, and, and those guys actually, and, and it was with myself too. You don't, you don't really understand what that's doing for your body. You don't really understand the change that's happening in your body, how it's loosening you up how it's making you more social. And once you do get better at that, you realize, wait, that stuff really helps a lot. That kind of ramping up into this social mode really does make a big difference. Big time. Yeah. To try, you know, it's, it's social skills are kind of like a muscle. Um, yep. You know, you don't exercise and you just go out there totally cold. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're, it's going to show. And And the other side of it too, with, you know, if, if you, you keep starting on the top of that double black diamond, um, you're going to start to hate skiing, right? It's not going to be fun for you, right? Just like you're going to, every time you get up on that slope, your body's going to tense up. 
and you're going to be like, oh shit. All right. Time to ski. All right. I can do this. I can do this, you know, and, and you're, and that tension is going to translate to these women. They're going to see a tense guy walking up being like, Hey, how are you? You know? And they're going to be like, what is this weirdo? He's not like relaxed. He's not, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're, if you can do this gradually and have fun with it and make this a fun experience at each step of the way and be more relaxed, women are going to respond better to you. You're not going to hate approaching. It's like every time you see a woman, you're not going to be like, oh shit, I can't do this. You're going to be like, okay, there's a woman, you know, let's see what I can do. Let's have fun with this. How often do you recommend, like how often and how long should guys, like let's say a guy's got really bad approach anxiety um, and he's going to do the exercise of, you know, going and standing next to them and then maybe saying, you know, one comment, how long do you sort of recommend guys do that and, and, you know, just go to grocery stores or what about if they see her like walking down the sidewalk or when do you start recommending, you know, the chasing after them sort of stuff? Yeah. So I recommend about two weeks at each level, mm-hmm. like and each level, you can kind of practice things like, let's say just going out. I mean, it's, it can be tough to find the best locations to approach women, you know, make, you know, make it your mission. Okay. I'm going to spend two weeks just finding all the best locations to meet women. Uh, I'm going to work on getting comfortable in these places. Right. Then maybe two weeks on positioning. Uh, And again, there's a lot of things you can work on in positioning. And uh, I think you'll back me up on this, but the guys who are the best with women, that's actually the point where uh, it's, it's make it or break it, where even if you're amazing with a woman, if you're in a bar and you're thinking, okay, there's that woman on the other side of the bar. These guys aren't thinking like, what do I say to her? How do I, you know, um, you know, what could I do to impress her? He's thinking logistically, how do I get over to her? How do I position myself near her without looking like a dope and like walking over and be like, Hey, I was coming here to say hi. Like you want to come over and kind of just end up on that side of the bar and then turn to her and be like, Hey, you look like you're thinking deep thoughts or, Hey, do you know uh, what time this place closes or whatever, whatever you're, you know, if you're going to have more fun, you could say that too. Like I almost wore that outfit today or whatever, but you don't want to, you know, march over to the other side of the bar and and be like weird about it. Uh, You know, you can do that a little more if you're doing direct approaches, but even then it's like, you're thinking about how do I position my body? right? Right. So there's a lot you can practice at that stage before you move on to saying something, right? And even then, if you do say something to women, I recommend still sometimes practicing just positioning, you know, not always saying something every time. Give yourself that luxury of, you know what, I, I, this is my first time out today. I'm just going to position myself next to a woman, or I haven't, you know, gone out and talked to women in a week. I'm going to start with just doing a bunch of positioning just to see how I feel and get back into it. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's I, that I think that'll make such a big difference for guys listening to this who are struggling with approach anxiety, because just having something that you can do that isn't a full approach to kind of work yourself up to that is, is, is vital. Yep. So, yeah. And, 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 you know, previously my recommendations always, you know, just ask for the time or directions, but like you said, that can be tough for some guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and not thinking when you don't think about positioning um, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is way more, what you, how you position yourself is way more important than what you say. And your, you know, your nonverbal communication, your body language, like if you scare her or creep her out because of your positioning, it doesn't matter what you say. Her initial yeah. reaction is what the fuck. Right. And you exactly. can cover from that if you're really good, but it's, it's just such a, you know, uh, inefficient or, <laughs> or not a good way to start the interaction compared to what you could. Yeah. And, there, and there's a lot of things to consider there, right? You can, if you're like facing her dead on too much, right. It can be too intimidating for her and it's difficult to have physical contact with her, you know, like talking to her like this, you know, from the side, you can touch her on the arm, you can, 
you know, it's a lot easier to do that. Um, you don't want to be too close to her in her space. Um, but you also don't want to be too far, right? If I'm like four feet away from her, that kind of signals, um, you should be afraid of me, you know, cause right. uh, th- this is right. Uh, yeah. So the physical is, is huge. Yeah. It's, um, you know, that, that was some good stuff that, you know, back in pick of 101, those, those workshops, that was, you know, super important because you'd watch the guys come and kind of do it on their own. They were just horrible. And because guys don't think about that, you know, they, yeah. whenever I take a guy out approaching, that's the first thing I have to, it usually takes me like a good 30 minutes to 45 minutes to get him to position himself correctly. Um, yeah. there's, there's so much shit going through their heads, so much anxiety, a lot of the time, you know, worrying about what to say or blah, blah, blah. And so positioning correctly, especially just trying to stop a girl who's moving, that can be, that can be very challenging for a lot of guys. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, any, anything you want to say about that? Cause that's yeah. in, in my, uh, in my experience, you know, like, and, and maybe we should go back a little bit too, and kind of ask the question, why approach women during, during the day or, or at night, why approach women at all? Um, cause there's so many guys relying on online dating and failing. I mean, that's kind of the why, but so right. why don't we, why don't we talk about sort of the why, what like made you want to do it so bad? Um, and then talk yeah. about so moving targets after. <laughs> yeah. So there, uh, it's very difficult to learn, uh, optimal ways to interact with women through online dating. Uh, It's very difficult to learn to calibrate yourself and to try new things out with them uh, because um, you're interacting with these women, you know, let's say you get two dates a week. Uh, You're interacting with two women in person and you have two opportunities to try some things out. Like, so for example, uh, let's say, and this is a common problem with a lot of guys, let's say you're not getting sexual enough with her, right? If you keep the conversation like purely platonic and safe, she's going to get bored. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, it, the whole interaction might not move in a sexual direction, right? So I might tell a guy, look, inject a little bit of sex into the conversation, right? Talk about sex, joke about sex, make something a little bit sexual. Let's just say that's his sticking point. For example, he's not getting sexual. Uh, If your only opportunity to do that is two single dates. um, Where you're nervous, trying to make something happen. Exactly. And there's so much on the line, right? You're going to be spending an hour or two with this girl And if you screw it up, then everything's going to get weird, you know, and it's, and so you don't have room to, to practice and to screw it up. Whereas if you're able to approach women more regularly, uh, you know, and and you practice say this part, getting a little bit sexual with a woman, you're going to creep some women out. That's okay. You know, she's not going to die from it. It happens all the time. Uh, and neither are you, you, you know, you'll be able to walk away from this and learn something, but you can learn to calibrate yourself. You can play around with these things and learn how to, to use them. Um, and you can't do that on a single date. Right. And, And even more so this learning is something that happens with your body, right? Your, your body gets used to these, you know, it's, it's like, you know, playing basketball. It's like your body gets used to dribbling and shooting, you know, it's something, it's very specific motions that you do over and over again. Um, and if you're not practice, practicing this with repetition, uh, it's, it's very hard to, to learn how to do that. Totally. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm glad I asked you that because, you know, it's so important. First of all, I, I love to compare this to a sport because it is the same thing, you know, you're, it's muscle memory. And most of the stuff that uh, when I, got to a point where I was getting really consistent results in my dating life. Um, it was all just, it, it felt like I was just pretty good at, at golf and, you know, had the muscle memory. I could go out get consistent results, kind of shoot the same sort of scores all the, all the time for the metaphor, whatever. Um, and 
yeah, you can't, you guys think this is something they can kind of do in their head because it's like a conversational skill, but it's, it's way more a physical skill than a conversational skill. And yeah, if, if you only have two tries a week, you're never going to get better from that. It's too much pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like trying to golf and you're going to play 18 holes twice, you know, and, and, and you're never going to hit balls in the driving range. Like you're never going to get better and you're going right. to hate golf. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and to take it even one step further, uh, I do relationship coaching for guys and, uh, you know, I, I even had a, a friend who was married and had all these issues with his wife and we, and we, we were trying to give him advice, uh, you know, and the advice was great and he, he followed some of it, but he, he had never gone out and interacted with women in person to kind of practice some of this stuff. And so he was in this relationship and he didn't really have the feel for like, yes, this stuff works. Yes. If I uh, you know, pull back a little bit, or if I mess with her a little bit, or if I, that this stuff is, is going to, you know, and I could give him that advice and he could try it, but then he would just keep losing ground. Right. He would just, and so the only way to, to, or the best way I should say to have the stable control of your relationships is to have that foundation of being able to, you know, have multiple, multiple interactions with women and realize, yes, you know, it turns women on when I'm a little mysterious, you know, yeah. when I'm bland and boring, that, that doesn't work. So maybe in this relationship, I should be a little mysterious, you know, maybe I should go out one or two nights a week and not tell her where I'm going or, or just be a little more cagey if she's, you know, losing interest in the relationship. Right. But it's difficult yeah, they, if a guy, ha- yeah, they, it's, if, if you don't do this stuff, you never really understand how to use sexual tension you're afraid of it. And that, that's kind of what, when I started, I was like the, the typical, you know, nice guy. I say that with quotes, cause I was just using nice as a way to get sex, which didn't really work. Um, but I was like, uh, I was scared of sexual tension. I didn't know how to play with it. I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know how to kind of push pull and, and play with those energies that you learn from approaching. And there's no way to learn it without approaching. Like you have to get comfortable in that environment. And I mean, yeah, obviously you can learn it on dates, but if you're only getting two dates a week and yeah. you're just not going to learn it. Right. And most of the guys, the, the quote unquote naturals were just guys that learned this at a very young age, um, you know, because they were either like tall or good looking, you know, early on in school and they got a lot of attention from chicks and, you know, they learned how to play with these energies. And, you know, I, I that was not my case. I had to learn this stuff kind of later. Cause the only thing I knew was, was the nice guy approach, which never worked. And yeah, yeah. the other thing that you said was really important is you, you have to allow yourself and expect that you're going to go through what I call the creepy zone, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're a guy who's getting friend zoned a lot, there is no way to stop that unless you go through the creepy zone where you're going to fucking creep girls out, you, you know, yeah. and that should be your goal almost is once you kind of get past approach anxiety, where it's manageable and you can do it, like you should kind of start to just embrace being creepy because what happened, you're only creepy if you don't know that you're creepy. Right. And most guys that, you know, they don't know. So if you intentionally try to be creepy, a lot of the times you won't be creepy and you'll, you know, you'll just be kind of using sexual tension and you'll be getting over the creepiness and you'll be moving through that zone. And, and then, you know, once you, once you get past it, it's very rare that you're ever creepy unless some girl sort of misunderstands what you're doing. But, but there's, if if you're trying to be creepy on dates, like you you just too much pressure. Um, You can get banned from like Tinder, some of these sites you could, you know, who knows now in the U S you get the cops called on you, right? Like if you just approach a girl on the street, you're a little (laughs) creepy, it's no big deal. Like you just, you know, whatever you walk away, you can run away. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's that zone you want to be in, right? Where, you know, if too friendly and, you know, she's she's not going to see you as a, a sexual potential mate mm-hmm. and too aggressive, too, you know, sexual, too over the top, and she's going to get creeped out, right? And there's right. no way if you just try and like push slightly past the friends one, you're never going to really figure out that zone with women. You're never going to figure out how you yourself are comfortable expressing your sexuality 
what what women respond to for you because it's different for everybody, right? Like something you do might work differently than something I do, right? And so you want to figure out for yourself what is your optimal zone, how to play with that zone. Yeah, and there's no way to to know that zone without going past it a couple times, being like, ah, oh, like feeling like crap, you know, getting like rejected or getting blown out, which is painful, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and I also advise guys on dealing with that too, like how how you deal with rejection, how you deal with those feelings. Um, but yeah, there's there's no way without to to learn without pushing past that. Yeah, it's like you, you know. There's no way it's like approaching anxiety. There's no way around it. You just got to go through it. There's no way around, you know, feeling creepy or being creepy. You just got to go through the, the, the process and then yeah. you get past it. Right. It's just like a, a part of the journey. Right. It's like, like, like you said, with, with sports, like if you don't learn how to dribble in basketball. Right. When you first try, you're probably going to fuck it up a lot of times. But exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Becomes second nature. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what you said, too, is. I think this is the most important thing is there's so many guys that got into a relationship at, at a young age, you know, maybe it was a high school sweetheart or whatever, never really learned this stuff. Um, maybe, you know, whatever, th- there was some attraction there to begin with, but as time goes by, those relationships can deteriorate. And then if, if you don't know what attracted your wife to in the first place, odds are like, that's going to go away and she'll cheat on you, leave you. Like there's so many stories of guys just getting totally destroyed by, by women because they didn't know how to do these things. Like they didn't know how to like manage those relationships, which you learn from this, you know? Right. And um, it's, it's sad to see it, but you know, eventually you do have to learn. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So going back to, kind of the the next step in in approaching like if if you have a girl who's moving or what what's the oh yeah so we were talking about walking women mm-hmm. um so this is interesting and i've i've tried this like a, a whole bunch of different ways um and and there's certainly more than one way to skin a cat right uh uh so let's say a woman walking down the sidewalk um Let's say uh, you want to start with her walking toward you. Yeah. So let's say she's walking toward you. So uh, there's two ways to do this. One way is to kind of stop her in her tracks. Um, So let's say, let's say we're being indirect and you see this cute woman walking towards you on the sidewalk. Um, being indirect, what I would do, and let's say you're going to ask her for directions. That's how you're going to stop her. So what I would do is I would stand on the sidewalk and maybe face uh, at like a 90 degree angle from her and uh, just kind of look around uh, maybe at some of the street signs. And right when she gets to me, uh, I would pretend I just noticed her and I would uh, kind of reach out and tap her on the arm and say, oh, hey, do you know how uh, to get to the library from here? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you could kind of get in her way if you wanted to. Um, and so that's kind of the, the the way I would stop her in that situation. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I like it. The What I always tell guys, because when, when guys, when women are approaching, I think that's the toughest when they're walking towards you. You know, yeah. and because yeah. it's it's pretty confrontational, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the that's what I found difficult. Um, and I I'm, I want to hear more about sort of the indirect stuff because I I always use indirect in like bar sort of high energy environments where it's normal mm-hmm. to approach, right? Where it's socially acceptable to approach in a bar, like. You know, if you go up to someone on the street and you say, I, I saw you and I had to meet you, that's that's ballsy. But if you do that in the bar, eh, not so ballsy because you're yeah. people go there to meet people. Right. So what I always did, because I, I just failed so many times with the when they were kind of going towards me is I would just let them pass. Mm-hmm. And then I would, you know, get a good look, make sure they have a nice butt. And, uh, and then I chase him down yeah. <laughs> and, and okay. kind of do the, the hook and swoop, you know, swoop around him, get in front of him, 
or, or on the side and kind of stop them and then do something that was more like flirty and direct. But obviously if you're chasing someone down, it's very hard to be indirect because they're like, will you chase me down to ask me for directions? Like, don't you have Google? right. 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 <laughs> Especially if she's seen you like walking toward her. Right. Then. Yeah. So, so one thing I, I would do with this is when she's about, I don't know, 10 feet, in front of me, 20 feet in front of me. I, I would time this. I would get a phone call. Oh, hold on. I got a phone call. Hello. And then, oh yeah, I would look around and be like, all right, yeah, I'm headed there now. And like, right when she walks back, I would turn around. And so I'm walking right next to her now. I would put my phone away. And then now I'm walking next to her. Now I can kind of reach out on the arm or reach out, touch her on the arm or just say something to her. Cause we're walking next to each other. Uh-huh. I might say, Hey, you know, do you know where the library is? Or you look like you're thinking really deep thoughts over here or, you know, something <laughs> so like that. Coming towards you. And then you, you time the call and you walk with her. Exactly. So as if, um, this you're is where all that positioning one... work will come in handy. Cause if you don't do that, hundred percent, hundred, you could practice this a bunch. Right. Um, so basically what happens is the story is you were walking her direction. You got a, a, a call, a phone call from your friend who wants you to go in the other direction. And so you spin around. It, it's actually kind of amazing all the things you can do with your phone. You know, oh, right. hold on, I got a call. Hello? Yeah, you know, and you pick up your phone. You can almost walk anywhere when you're on a phone call, you know? Totally. It's, it's kind of a nice cover for certain things. But um, yeah, and then, and then you're walking next to her. Yeah, that's great. Because it's so smooth. It's like totally, you know, serendipity, as they say, right? Yeah. Oh, look what just happened. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You, you know what? Uh, hey, can you talk to this <laughs> Yeah, can you talk to my friend? Like, yeah. I used to do that with my buddy. He was, he was, he was great, good wingman. We we kind of developed this this shtick where he would just like put me on the phone with the girl, and I would just you know game her for him, and vice versa. So, you know, awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so me and my friend uh, Lee, we we'd, we'd have this whole shtick, um, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, that we developed, we call the toe-in. Mm-hmm. So um, let's say a girl is sitting on a park bench, right? Let's say she's really attractive and you walk over and you sit next to her and you talk to her. Now, what happens with really attractive women is she's going to assume you're attracted to her, that you went over there to talk to her, that, you know, and so in that sense, you might as well be a little more direct, Right. So if you want to be indirect and you have a wing, here's what we do. Let's say I, I want to interact with that girl. My friend Lee would walk over. He, he would actually pretend he's on the phone. He would walk over and be like, yeah, I'm in the park. Uh, yeah. All right. You'll be here in five minutes and sit down next to her. Right. Put his phone down. Then I would come over five minutes later or maybe not five minutes, maybe a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh I would be like, oh, hey, man, what's up? And he would be like, hey, what's up, man? And I'd be like, all right, you ready to go? And he'd say, uh, he'd say, look who wrote me. This girl wrote me. And uh, I'd be like, ah, don't write her back. He'd be like, yeah, I got to write her back. Just uh, take a seat. Take a seat. Like, oh, come on, man. Just sit. <laughs> just sit down. And I'd be like, oh, all right, hurry up. And I'd sit down next to this hot girl. And this is total chick crack. Yeah, like and any then, girl listening <laughs> has to get interested, you know, because guys don't usually talk about that stuff. And exactly, girls are like so fascinated with this sort of conversations. I love it. And now, now I'm sitting next to this hot girl, and I didn't want to sit next to her. You know, I just right. came over to see my friend. You know, ah, I might as well say something to her. I turn to her and say, you know, you know, can you believe this place today? Like, or whatever, whatever indirect opener, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like a perfect cover. Uh, yeah. You know, again, this is a little more advanced for guys, you know, and you need a wing, but it's, it's still pretty fun. Oh, it's great. I love it. I would, yeah. I, you know, just hearing it, I feel like, <laughs> oh, let's do it. <laughs> Cause yeah, that's, and, it's, that's, that's always kind of the, the tough thing to overcome is that sort of like investment gap, as I call it, right? Like she has all the value being the hot girl and you come over to now, like, you know, get her interest or get her attention, you're investing and trying to be clever and cool and interesting enough to warrant the investment back. But what you've just sort of engineered here is a way to basically give almost zero investment, but still start the conversation, which is 
huge. And, and, and I would do this with clients too, where, uh, you know, on just a more simple scale, I would just walk over and sit one seat away from the girl and I'd say, Hey, you know, in a minute or two, come over. And he would come over and he'd be like, Hey, Eric. And then I would be like, grab a seat. He would sit down. And then it's a lot easier for him to talk to the, talk to her rather than him walking all the way over because that investment. And, and I like that word you used does create more of this pressure of this more. Right. And, and that's kind of the problem with direct approaches, or I should say the challenge, you know, I think direct approaches are great. Um, is the, yeah, it's a lot more investment, right? You're, you're putting a lot more on the line. Yeah. Uh, and so if you can, at least when you're learning how to do this stuff, take away some of that or, or lose some of that, it, it can be really helpful. Yeah. Did you ever, um, remember four hour work week, Tim Ferriss, um, he had sort of like an elevator pitch in there mm. as an approach. Yep. Um, and I remember reading that, you know, after I'd been a coach for a long time, um, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Um, and I put a little spin on it. And basically the way I, I forgot what he said exactly, but the, the, the spin on it that I did was like, you know, it's, it's direct, but you see a girl, she's walking, she's sitting on a sidewalk, whatever you stop her. And you say, Hey, I saw you and I had to risk embarrassing the hell out of myself to come meet you. And then, you know, she's going to have a reaction. Right. And even before you let her say anything, like, actually, I'm, I'm super late for a meeting. You look like you're busy as hell. Um, how about this? Give me your number. If you don't like me, give me a fake one. And that's great. I love it. That's I it. Love it. That's it. Right. Like there's yeah. no, there's no chance to like, not know what to say you don't even have to introduce yourself or you can. Right. But like, yeah. it's all just kind of, and, and this is such a numbers game anyways. Right. Right. And either she's going to be like attracted or not. Plus the, the fake number line is so good. That's great. I really like that. Yeah. That's the best part because it's like, takes all the pressure off, but that's always kind of what I recommend to guys who are starting. It's like, just do that elevator pitch a bunch of times, get to the point where, you know, cause it takes all the guesswork out of, you don't have to worry about what to say next or any of that shit. And a lot of guys, you know, they, they can do that once they get doing that a few times. And then sometimes they switch to like trying to have a conversation. They realize actually I was better doing the elevator pitch, but. Oh, wow. Really interesting. Yeah. It, it depends on the guy, of course, but yeah. you know, indirect is, is more effective, but it takes a lot more skill, right? Because you have to be able to sort of pivot and you have to be really good conversationally a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so any, it's, I, to the point where, you know, like I'll, I'll tell clients to do that if they want to learn, you know, high energy sort of seduction thing, like bar, bar yeah. game, night game, um, any sort of like festival sort of thing. Like you, that's, that's kind of the next step, but do you have any thoughts on kind of improving at the indirect stuff or improving or, you know, at yeah. that part of the conversation? Um, Cause that's where I feel like a lot of guys, it, it, maybe it doesn't matter as much as they think it does, but that's what gives them anxiety almost. It's like the, what am I going to say next after the opening yeah. line? Well, let me, let me kick this question back to you. What's your feeling on scripted conversation or adding scripted parts? As long as there's no way for her to know it's scripted. So okay. like if I use the line, I, I saw United Risk embarrassing the hell of myself, that's a, that's a line. It's a script, but no one's going to call you out on that, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's actually what's happening. You're just kind of being honest and calling out the situation. Um, yeah. Another line I use is like, if she looks at me weird, I'll be like, yo, don't worry. I'm only like a third creepy. That's uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> another yeah. thing I use to in that situation, right? The fake number line, like all of my, everything I say is scripted to some degree because I've used it so many times, but I'm never going to, she's never going to be like, that's a line. So that's, and I think it's, it's good for, it's great training wheels, of course. Like if, if you have, if you're not really good, um, it's really necessary to have something kind of in your back pocket that you Agreed. aren't going to, you know, avoid doing it because you don't know what to say. So yeah. yeah. What about you? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, there's, there's a balance and for, for every guy, it's going to be a little different. Um, for some guys, you know, one of the guys I'm coaching now, um, prefers to be, very kind of unscripted and fun and spontaneous when he opens women. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, he's good at it too. You know, he'll, he'll say something funny, you know, and then, 
he, he won't keep going with it, you know, but, but that part he, he has down, you know, for some guys, uh, and this was, this was my case was, I, I, you know, I'd see that amazing woman and I, I, my brain would just lock up. Like I would rarely ever at that moment, think of something good to say, or just anything to say, you know, which is why, you know, I like how you described it as training wheels. I would say, you know, pick something, use it consistently, right? It's, it's not, you don't have to use it for the rest of your life, but instead of always like thinking, 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 like when you're, you know, if you're really locked up and inhibited and you've, you've got all these feelings, like your brain is not going to come up with something clever at that point. So a lot of times it helps to have that at the beginning. Um, but, but you want to balance it, right? Because you do want to still kind of be spontaneous and allow yourself to come up with creative things. You don't always want to, you know, you don't want to be that robot and go from da, 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 because she'll sense that too. Right. Right. Um, but so like, for example, with this guy who, you know, he was good at coming up with spontaneous openers. Um, he, he wouldn't move on to the next thing. So we worked out kind of an interesting story for him to tell, right? That was kind of fun and playful. It was actually true, a true story that we worked out for him. And he would start using that after he did that spontaneous opener, right? So I, I think that uh, like a script or having something to say can be particularly useful when you get to these sticking points. Like if you have a sticking point, have something memorized to say, you know, and say it like, let's say you're not getting personal. Well, maybe every every woman you talk to say, Hey, I I get the feeling you're not from around here. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you're getting personal. Right. Right. Um, And just having that in your back pocket can move things along. Yeah. I I think it's, you know, whatever you can do to eliminate the, the bullshit in your head that stops you from doing all this. You know, it's like at, at the end of the day, it is such a numbers game and doing the more you do this, the better you're going to get, the more results you're going to get, the more natural it's going to be. And to just eliminate any sort of barrier to doing it more, I feel like is mm. just the most important thing, right? Absolutely. Like, and if you know, and, and our brain is going to come up with anything it can possibly come up with to get us to not do it. Right. Yep. It's like the brain is, is one job, but what I heard, at least the, the reptilian <laughs> part of your brain is to keep you away from danger. Right. And yeah. we're programmed to be like hot girl. If I talk to her, like someone might beat me up or something bad can happen. Right. Like that's, that's like hardwired into our survival sort of reptilian brain. And so you know, your, your mind will come up with the dumbest shit ever for not approaching. But like you said, if you can chunk this into manageable steps, I think you can turn that part of your brain off for long enough where you kind of get over it and then approach, approach anxiety. I think at least for me, it, it sort of transforms into like excitement, right? I think like Mm -hmm. anxiety and excitement is just the opposite side of the same coin just depends how you label it. (laughs) Right. Like you do, you go on a roller coaster for the first time as like a little kid, you're fucking scared as hell and someone's got to like pull you on it. And then you realize, Oh, that is actually not, I'm not anxious. I'm just excited now. And I'm having fun with it. Absolutely. And, and to bring the, the analogy back to sports, like the best athletes know how to get in the zone, right? The zone is, Um, if you don't really care, you're not going to be as focused. And this happens with, with, with women I talk to, if I'm not that into her and I'm just like, blah, 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 I'm not going to be as focused. I'm not going to be coming up with clever things, but if I'm too challenged, right. Let's say I'm, I'm learning to play basketball against NBA players. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to do too well. Cause I'm like, oh man, this is like too difficult for me. Right. If I'm playing against maybe people, my size and skill, I'm appropriately challenged and that's where I'm going to perform the best, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to perform the, the best playing against third graders. You know, I'm going to right. perform the best playing against people at my skill level. And that, that applies to, to interacting with women as well, where you want to find that sweet spot, which is why I created these levels. You want to find that level where, okay, this is where I'm challenging myself right now, but it's not so overwhelming that I'm getting destroyed every single day that I go out there. Right. Well, in, in your experience, how long do you think, or how long did it take you and how long does it take your clients to kind of 
maybe not get over approach anxiety, but just have it be something that no longer stops them or for yeah, like someone so, listening, what could they expect? So that's a great question. Um, the, the way I normally answer that kind of question with clients when they're like, Hey, when am I not going to be able to have this, you know, anxiety. And so the first part of the answer is what, what you mentioned, which is it never really completely goes away. You still feel that like tingling. You still feel that self-doubt. You still feel some inhibitions in certain situations um, and less in others. So it's, it's variable. Um, It's easier to answer a question like, how long is it going to take me to be able to uh, get into conversations with uh, a, a woman that I consider an eight you know, once a week, how, how long would that take me? Right. And again, that's going to be variable for every guy, for some guys, uh, they might be able to do it in, you know, three, four weeks, five weeks or six weeks. Um, for other guys, it, it may take longer. It may take four or five months. Right. Um, so it's, it really depends on, on those factors. Um, and it's certainly understandable that guys want to know how long it's going to take because they want to see that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but what I would say is set your set goals up, uh, manageable goals that you can uh, achieve by by doing them rather than getting a result from women. So um, instead of saying I, I want to get three phone numbers every day, say. I want to ask three women for phone numbers every day. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, that's a, a much wiser goal because it's something you can do no matter what. Right. right. Even if women don't give you their numbers, you can still ask for them. Right. Yeah. That's so important because you can't set a goal that there's no certainty whether or not you can achieve it. Yeah. But for sure, you can ask whether you get it or not is <laughs> obviously yeah. up to her. And- and to take that even further in terms of challenging yourself, I would say when you do um, decide like, hey, I'm going to go out and, and I'm guessing you had this too. Like after I, you know, when I first started going out doing this stuff, I was like, I'm going to approach 10 women every day, you know, for the next six months. Right. And then you go out the next day and you're like, oh my God, I approached one woman and it was so hard. You know, <laughs> I'm going home. Right. And you feel like a failure. Uh, so my recommendation to guys is before setting a goal of what you're going to do every day. And, and again, consistency is key here. You're like, you really want to do it every day if possible, or as many days a week as, as you can go out and do it for one day or two days and see how you feel, right? If you can only, you know, ask for directions from three different women and you feel like, okay, that's manageable. I think I could do that every day. Then make that your goal. I'm going to do that for the next two weeks. And then I'm going to move on to the next step, which is staying longer in conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so important to, to not sort of overexert yourself, but still push yourself. Um, and I kind of found that once I got comfortable doing this and I was doing it all the time because I loved it, uh, you know, it, it became highly addictive. And there's so many guys I know, they just get completely addicted to, yeah. to day game, right? Because it's like, once you learn how to do it, you can just get dates all the time with like amazingly cute girls and you enjoy doing it. You're making people stay. You're having great. It's, it's like the coolest thing yeah. you can fucking do. Like, um, and I, I realized I was doing about 25 approaches per week, maybe not all day. Cause I'd like mm. to go out and I go to bars and clubs and that sort of thing. But when I was like really crushing my single life from before I was doing social circle stuff, like you know, eventually I kind of switched and transitioned to more like social circle game where you don't approach at all because you don't really need to. Um, but before that, what allowed me to actually make that transition was doing like 25 of these a week. And I found that that's kind of like, if you can do 20 or even 15 a week, like your dating life is going to be completely oh, yeah. insane. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So, so yeah. Um, you know, we touched a little bit on like relationship management and obviously the importance of that and how approaching kind of ties into it. And we were talking a little bit about investment. Um, so I wanted to kind of circle back to that a little bit. And, you know, what what are your thoughts on that? Like 
making sure that the level of interest is similar or maybe that she's slight more slightly into you than you are into her. Um, yeah. you know, I think that's pretty important. So what are, what are your thoughts on? Yeah. So it is important that she's a little bit more interested in you than you are into her. And I think those, that relationship tends to be the most stable configuration. And here's the reason why. It has to do with what men and women are attracted to, right? Men are more attracted to the physical, at least sexually. They're attracted to the physically. Obviously, you're going to be emotionally attracted to her as a person and interested in her. Um, whereas women, uh, it's more confidence, personality. And if she's a little more into you than you are into her, you're going to be confident and she's going to be attracted to that. And so that configuration, if, if you lose confidence in yourself, if you lose confidence in whether she's into you, if, if you have that self-doubt as a guy, that's a lot more detrimental than it is to a girl, at least in terms of killing that attraction in, in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's kind of the number one mistake I see with guys is they, they overinvest in, you know, especially early in the game um, mm. or guys that have the problem where they can get laid with hot girls, but they can't keep hot girls around. It's always an overinvestment problem. Yep. Um, and it's so hard for some guys to fix this. Like I was talking to, I was coaching this guy and he was just like a, just a horrible, horrible overinvestor. You know, he had triple text, quadruple text, ask girls out multiple oh. times in a row. It's like, Brody, come on. How many times do I have to tell you to not do this stuff? Then we stopped working together. And then he called me just the other day and he was telling me about like this girl he flew to New York City to see who has a boyfriend who's been avoiding meeting him, not like answering his texts. And he flew to New York City just to like maybe get a date with him. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like wow. we went That's over rough. this shit like a year ago when I was coaching you. Like, how do you go back? to that just like horrible overinvestment. So, you know, it, it, it can be tough for, for guys who are just so used to that. Um, and this is a successful dude. Like he's a owner of a, you know, successful tech company worth a lot of yeah, money, yeah. dates, nice girls, but he'll, he'll focus on a girl he's really into and then just completely grossly overinvest, And that never works. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely better to, uh, to calibrate how much, and, and it all, to me, it all comes down to initiative, right? Uh, does she text you first sometimes? Does she invite you to hang out sometimes first? Uh, are you, are you uh, texting a, like a paragraph back to her for every text she sends you, right? right? And you want to keep it even or slightly less than, than she's doing if possible. Um, and to me, it, it comes down to like my, my whole thing with relationship game is uh, it comes down to prizing yourself is, you know, viewing yourself as the prize in the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, we can kind of take a, a basic example, like um, let's say you're dating a girl and uh, you text her one night and she doesn't text you back, right? And Again, this all depends on, you know, your previous relationship with the girl, you know, if, if how interested she is in this and that, but like, let's say you text her, you know, earlier in the day and she doesn't text you back all day, right? How do you respond to that? Now, my, my general advice on how to respond to that is take away the prize, right? If she misbehaves in this way, then you take away the prize, right? If I texted a girl and she didn't text me back, I wouldn't text her the next day or the day after. I would wait, right? I probably wouldn't text her again. I mean, you know, who knows what happened if something happened to her, but I would actually go probably a long time or just not text her again, right? I would rather uh, you know, die on my feet than live on my knees, right? If she's, right. if there's so much lack of interest there that she's not even going to return a text, then there's, there's almost nothing to salvage in the relationship. 
Um, and this is this goes back to be, being able to approach. I'd rather go out and meet a new woman than than try and salvage this, right? Totally. So, but what I generally do is like, you know, let's say she texts me back the next day. I wouldn't text her back right away. I might wait eight hours to text her back, right, or even longer, right? Mirror because you're in a sense. What's that? Uh, mirror her behavior in a sense. Exactly. Actually give her more back than she gave me. That's generally my, you know, like mm -hmm. if she was like, Hey, listen, I think we need to take a break. Uh, I think we should take a, a week break. I would say, you know what? That's a great idea. I think we should actually take two weeks. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> totally. you want, you, if she's trying to get space, you want to pull back even further yeah. and, and make her miss you, make her miss you, make her want you. Um, you know, cause guys always like kind of fall for this, like, idea that you can somehow change her feelings by giving her more. And when it comes down to it, that's the only way you're really going to change her feelings is by, is by pulling away. Now, again, when guys start dealing with these concepts, they overdo it, you know, and you'll read relationship advice online, like, oh, she, you know, she said something that was a little inappropriate, break up with her, dump the girl, you know? <laughs> and it's like, no, you, you want to have these tools at your disposal to, uh, to, to do it, to calibrate appropriately. If she says something inappropriate, you know, maybe you pull away for five minutes or do you, you know what I'm saying? It's not, you, you have to manage it, but, and, and you know, guys, when they, it's sort of like you said, when they approach, it's like when they first get into relationship management and try out these tools, they're going to overdo it. And that's okay. You know, you're going to be a little bit too much of a hard ass and that's okay. Yeah. You got to uh, find that sweet spot between asshole nice guy and exactly yeah, the the mysterious cool you know dude who who does well right like and yeah. you're never always it's it, you're never like there and you stay there you're always going to be slightly drifting from you know one side to the other trying to find that equilibrium so exactly yeah yeah it's it's like um you know it's like having a child that misbehaves, you know, it's like, you can't just every time that child cries for candy, give it candy, right? You have to, the child wants discipline. He's going to be happier with discipline, right? Mm -hmm. but it can't be all discipline. You can't lock that kid in the basement <laughs> when he says a swear word, you know, for it's like, you have to, you have to calibrate that to, mm -hmm. so that the kid is happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, if, if you're not, approaching and you don't have an active sort of dating funnel in your life it's it's too th these situations become way more stressful yep. way more do or die yep. and it really affects your relationships like it's it's very hard to have a successful relationship if you know you can't do better you know or if you know you can't yep. go out and and find someone else who's awesome like you're going to make compromises that you really shouldn't make. And like you said, you're going to be living, I like that analogy, living life on your knees versus on your feet or standing on your yeah. feet versus living life on your knees. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like if a girl's not responding to you and you double, triple text her, maybe she responds back, but she doesn't respect you. And maybe you right. can, maybe right. she sleeps with you, but most likely she's still going to not respect you. And that's going to lead to trouble later. Um, you know, the, another client I have is dealing with, I mentioned to you, you know, before we started the recording, just one itis for like three years and, you know, she'll sleep with him occasionally, but then she always dumps him and he's just yeah. caught up in that because she doesn't respect him. And, and that's never going to change unless he pulls away completely uh, yeah. and he, he won't listen to that. So it's, well, it's and the other thing you mentioned about having stress in that relationship, if you don't learn how to like manage relationships properly, uh, you know, calibrate to, to get, you know, elicit the right reactions from her to, to teach her how to treat you like these, every time she does something, it's going to be so much more stressful for you. Like, you don't know, you know, what do I do now? She did this, like, fuck, this is terrible. No, it's, it, you know, if you know how to respond to it, it still might be a little bit painful, but you're like, okay, I, I know how to handle this situation and I'm empowered to, to do something with that. And even though it's painful, I am empowered, which is, it's way worse if you don't have that power to do anything. Right. Totally.
Would you consider us uh, red pill? What are, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> I never know. Like when people ask, like, are you red pill? Like, I, I don't know. Um, I think there's some benefits to the red pill community, obviously, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like not knowing these skills or not being aware of these dynamics. Um, but yeah. yeah, what are your thoughts on the, on the red pill stuff and how it kind of, you know, it was like the seduction community. Now it's kind of a red pill. I don't even know how to describe yeah. it, but yeah. So uh, I, I had a, a client recently start reading a lot of that stuff. You know, there's, there's some great literature out there like Hartiste or, or Rolo Tomasi. And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of forums. Um, and he started reading and reading and, <laughs> and, and came back to me like, do I have to be a dick with women all the time? Like, you know, I can't cuddle with them. I can't, you know? And I was like, nah, like um, I kind of see that as, you know, to go back to our analogy of, you know, raising a kid, it's like, pop culture is telling us, uh, you know, give your kid everything he wants. If he, you know, if he cries for candy, give it to him, never say no, always be, you know, loving and, you know, and the red pill is like, no, you got to discipline your kid, right? You have to, Hardcore right. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, but you can kind of go too far over to that other side um, of like, yeah, I got to like, be just a total hard ass all the time with women. I got to, you know, and, um, you know, just kind of getting too much. And especially if you're reading these forums, like most of these guys don't know what they're talking about. Like they're trying to calibrate, they're trying to learn and they'll just go way over the top with this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, you want, you want to balance with that stuff. Uh, it's not all just being a hard ass. Yeah. Yeah, that's well said. Um, and that's what I tell guys too. I, I usually recommend guys read the rational mail mm-hmm. just because it's such a good, like all encompassing book to kind of yeah in, infiltrate your head with this stuff. But then I always tell them to read models by Mark Manson after that, because it removes a lot of the toxic sort of stuff in the red pill community. Okay. Um, all right. And that's kind of a good, I don't know. I find that to be the good balance and, that, and, and read them in that order too. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah. But dude, it's been fucking awesome shooting the shit and talking about all the stuff. Some, you know, I, I love what you said about managing approach anxiety and how this relates. And if guys are listening to this 100%, like, you know, if there's a feeling of I should do this, I need to do this, this is something I've been wanting to do. Like, it's so important to actually do that. And your life will be forever transformed if you do. Um, and, and where can guys, if they want help with this or they want to, you know, check out your stuff, where can guys find you? So I have a book on Amazon, uh, and there's also an audio book on audible called she's six steps away. Uh, and that lays out the foundation for getting past approach anxiety, more details on some of the stuff we talked about today. And my website is approachanxiety.com. Uh, I also provide uh, coaching, generally Skype coaching. Uh, and so if they want to get in contact with me, they can find me there. Sweet. I'll have a link below. So you guys can awesome. click the link. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you having me here. It's great to reconnect with you. Yeah, man. It's been fun. Lots of, uh, yeah, I love talking to like all the, the guys I know from back in the day that, you know, really understand this stuff. And, and plus like you add all the, the years we've been involved and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's cool that we're both still coaching. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Go, bro. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.